I'm Kimberly Isbell. My husband and I pastor the church here at Spectrum. Thank you. Thank you. We just love, love what God's called us to do. And uh, it's great to be yourself. It's great that when God calls you to a place that he, um, the person that he's created you to be gets to flow in that grace and he gets to work in, in you perfecting and uh, growing and enhancing. And all he asks us to do is just to give it, give ourselves to him. And there he is. And he meets us there. And God has just been uh, so, so kind to me. I uh, grew up in a pastor's home uh, all, all my years until I was about 15. And then we started traveling in, uh, in ministry, not in a, one particular local church. And my dad would preach and I would sing. And um, I always... I would. I always had this heart that I, this is what I wanted to do right here to be able to talk, and uh, I couldn't talk then, and it was just I found it looking back was hilarious because I would sing and my dad would come up and he would introduce the song. He would talk all about the song, then I would come up. I would sing the song, then I would step back and he would come all up and talk all about the song, and then I would sing the song. I never said a word. All I could do was sing. So if you wanted to talk to me, I would just sing you a little ditty because that was where I was comfortable. Uh, but God was for always um, talking to me about ministering and, and being able to speak. And I've just always had a heart for women. So every time that that would come up in me, it would bring tears to my eyes. And I don't know if any of you experience anything like that, that uh, God is sweetly, he nudges you and he's encouraging you to do things. And sometimes uh, we hold back uh, for for fear of stepping out, uh, looking foolish for uh, not knowing how to step out, not knowing what to do. Uh, but the best thing that you can do is just to step out and just do it. Uh, I was We were pastoring our very first church uh, in British Columbia, Canada. And I found it difficult to meet the new people at church. Now, there was only 25 when we went there, but 25 seemed like 400 to me. They freaked me out. And so every Sunday, I just, I, I had to dare myself. Literally, I played the game. I would dare myself to go and talk to somebody. I would dare myself because I knew God had a calling on my life. And uh, so if we're going to step out into the calling that God has for us, there's some things that you're just going to have to dare yourself to do and just trust God that he's there for you and he's going to help you. And so with every step, he helped me. He helped me. And then one day, uh, in one of those times where my heart was just crying out, Lord, I want to teach. I want to be able to share your word. I went to Bible school to learn how to do that. Uh, I get this call from the Alliance Church up in Canada, and they want me to come and speak. Well, before I could even say no, before I could even give myself an opt-out, I said yes. And there I was, speaking my first message to a group of ladies just like you today. And so I I think what I really want uh, to just to really instill in all of us is to push yourself just a little bit. 
just give yourself a little bit of room and uh, just the, the enemy is the one who wants to restrict us, wants to keep us back, wants to hold us back because he knows the dynamo that's inside of you. The greater one, Jesus, that defeated him lives inside of each one of you. Yes. And so if he can keep your mouth shut, if he can keep you from moving out, if he can keep you feeling restricted and bound, then he's just happy. He doesn't have anything to be concerned about. So let's just be bold women. I want you to be you today. All right? And I want you to be you when you walk out that door. And I want you to be you as you can walk throughout this week and the days ahead. I don't want you to stay who you were yesterday or who you are at this very moment. Let's just move, all right? Let's just take those steps. Let's find what God has for us and boldly uh, step into those, just like they uh, they did to the moon. You know, they boldly went to the moon or whatever the phraseology was for that. But they, t- they took it, you know, so let's just take it. We can take it. Um, God just has really been talking to me uh, lately just about a new thing that God's doing a new thing. And he says in Isaiah 43, he says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now shall you not know it. He, you know, when he does a new thing, he starts talking to us about that new thing. And he wants you to know about it. He, he, he preempts you. If you, if, you'll, if you have your ears in tune, he'll preempt you about those new things. And he says these new things that he's going to do are going to be um, uh, roads in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Roads in the wilderness, uh, rivers in the desert. And I know uh, for me, and I, I believe for, for all of us, there are times when we feel like we are in a desert place without water. And we're like, what in the world? We're in this desert place. There's no water. But God says, I'm providing water. I'm providing water for you. I'm providing sustenance for you. I'm providing everything that you have need of. So in this new thing, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear what God is stirring on the inside of us, what he's talking to us about. Um, on my mind, I can't think of anything. Does anybody have something that that God is, has been talking to you about, that you, can, that you could tell me? Yes. Preparation? Very good. All right. So God, sometimes he'll talk to us and he'll give us a word like that. He'll say preparation. And we're like, what does that mean? Preparation. So what, you know what you do with that? When God gives you a word like that, preparation, then you just start chewing on that. And you just start praying about that. Father, I just thank you that you gave me this word preparation. You're doing a new thing. And uh, just bring clarity for me on this word. What, what, how can I prepare? What do you want me to do in this time to prepare for that thing that you have for me to do today? Does anybody else have a word that God's been? Or Yes, ma'am. Authenticity. All right. So see, God talks to us in in many different ways. Here he's talking to one about being prepared. Here he's talking to another about being authentic. Be real. Be you. Don't try to be somebody else. And I'm not trying to put words in God's mouth for you. But, you know, you you start mulling things over, and so you start figuring out 
what God is saying to you. And God wants to speak to all of us that way. This morning, um, I think I'll just close my notes because who knows where we're going. This morning, uh, as I was just praying, um, just about this new thing, if you could uh, give me Ezekiel 47. We won't read all the way through it, but we'll just kind of look at it. Uh, in, in Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel was a prophet, and he was at the temple, and uh, the Lord came to him and started showing him uh, the, this water that was coming from uh, under the threshold of the temple. And uh, under that threshold, this water was, uh, was ankle deep. He showed him at one point that it was ankle deep. And uh, water that um, was ankle deep began to be knee deep. And then it increased to thigh deep and then waist deep. And then it was deep enough that you could swim. You couldn't walk in it. You couldn't cross over it. There was such uh, deep water that God had for us. And I'm like, Lord, you know, um, I have, have been praying about that and I've been looking at that. And um, God, God brought this word and we're talking about words, what God's speaking to us about. He talked to me about increments. Increments is the word he gave me this morning. Increments. Now, um, this whole, this whole uh, thing that uh, Ezekiel is experiencing uh, is a spiritual moment. This is a spiritual moment. And um, God, God is showing him that as you step out into the, the shallows, you, you, um, you forsake, as we've been talking about, the fear, the trepidation of doing something new. But we, he gives us shallow waters, kind of like a testing ground. And so, we, oh, we're right there in that shallow water. And you, you experience the presence of God right there in that shallow water. And it's, it's really good right there. You know, it's really good. And so you just keep walking around. You're faithful in the shallow water. You're faithful where God has called you to move out in. And so these increments begin to happen. You're faithful. God gives you a word. You're faithful. God gives you a direction. You step. You move. You go. You do. You see. You become. And then God brings that water up. And there he is. And you're, you're, ankle, you're knee deep now. And now you're wading into a new, you're in another new, new place that he has for you to be. And so this goes on and on. Uh, the water doesn't rise, continue to rise until you've, um, I, I want to say this is what, I, I want to say until you master that ankle water. Okay? So um, God, God doesn't throw you out to swim. He doesn't throw you out into the deep. God's not like that. God is so loving. He is so kind. And we, uh, that third song talked about, oh, uh, how, 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 uh, how great a mercy, something like that. How great a mercy. His wondrous grace. God's just really good. He's really good and he would never throw you out into the deep. Pastor tells a story. I've never encountered this myself, but, uh, he didn't know how to swim. 
His his mother's family all lived in Pocketuck, Connecticut. It was right there on the ocean, and they would go there all the time. They'd go out in the boats. They'd fish. They had a great time when he was growing up, uh, but he didn't know how to swim, and so he had this real honorary uh, uncle that decided that uh, Gary needed to know how to swim, and so he picked him up and threw him in the deep into the ocean. Freaked him out. He couldn't swim. God doesn't freak us out. <laughs> I mean, there are some things you're like, wow, that was God, but never in a way that's, that's going to uh, make you not want to step back in. All right? So there, there's increments. Well, we've kind of gone deep this morning. Is everybody okay? <laughs> you're just kind of looking at me. Okay. All right. I, um, anyway, so we're, we're, talking, we're talking about increments. So uh, we'll see what God has for us today. But I just want, I just want to say that um, to this this day is all about you becoming you who God created you to be. Okay? And you can't be somebody else. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be the girl in the magazine. Don't try to be the actress on the screen. Don't don't try to, you know, to put curves where your curves weren't. I mean, it's okay you can, but I mean, for for the for the sake of trying to be make yourself something. If you need them, that's okay. If you know, if you need that little boost right there, okay. Okay? You can do it. You can do it. I don't need that little boost. Okay, so I don't do it. But <laughs> So whatever you do, let's just do it for the right reasons. That's a, that's a thing, right? For the right reasons. So do it for the right reasons. Be you, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, all right. I have uh, four, four ways that you can be the best you today. All right? And we're going to start with number one. Do you want to take notes? Be you. Be determined to know him. You're not going to be you until you know him. You're going to be someone trying to be somebody. But God wants you to be you. He designed you. What does it say in Jeremiah that before I knew, before you were born, I knew you and I had a plan for you and a great purpose for you for good and not for evil to give you a great future and to give you a great hope. That's what God says about you. He said, oh, my goodness, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Will you just shut up? Get over it. I chose you, so I've got a great plan for you. I chose you. I didn't choose you to be her. I chose you to be you. So we want to be determined to know him. So let's look at Philippians 3.10 and the Amplified. Uh, this is in the classic Amplified. I'm not sure if we have it in the back or not. But this is what uh, Paul said, and this is, should be our determination as well to know him. It says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively, oh, we're going in increments here, progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. So in coming to know Christ, that should be our purpose. Our number one focus is to know him. And it says to uh, to know him uh, progressively. So there's those increments that God brought to our attention earlier today. 
relationships take time to build, don't they? They do, and sometimes they're a lot of work. I have I have some friends that I really want to be closer friends to, but it's work. But they're distant. Uh, they're they're distance from me. Uh, or I've had relationships that we just haven't gelled yet. But I just know there's something there, so I have to kind of work at it. You know, I have to text more. I need to call more. FaceTime more when they're away. I need to pick up the phone, make lunch dates. Uh, Here at at Spectrum and Pastor Nice Heart, uh, we're all about connection. We're all about relationship. And we provide uh, ways for that here with our small groups. If you're not a part of a small group, that you need to get connected. You find freedom in in a small group. When you have friends around you, you are going to find a, a supply. You're going to find help in time of need. I know Jesus is our help in time of need, but he puts flesh on people, too, that can help us. So uh, there's increments. There's things that we need to do. So we want to progressively know him. And um, if that becomes our pursuit to know him, then the who am I becomes more clear. When you know him, the who am I becomes more clear. So when we want to, we want to seek him first and the revelation of who he's called you to be. And he'll speak to you. He'll show you and he will tell you. I love what Ephesians 3.20 uh, says. It says that now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, there's a little, uh, I don't know if the word's a glitch, but there's a little tag in that. It's according to his working in us. Uh, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever think, but it's to the extent that you allow him to work in you. All right? So we have to open that door and allow him to work in us. Some of us need some major surgery. Others just need, you know, a little, a little tweak, a little uh, pimple squeeze or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of something small. That was nasty. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was nasty. But you know, there was some. Sometimes we just we just really need some rearranging done on the inside of us, and that sometimes we just need that little that little tweak. But we, it's up to us to open the door and allow his power to do that. God is a gentleman. He's so good. He's just so kind. He never forces anything, but he's always there, just waiting, always speaking to us and just say, come on, just open that door. Come on, I want to help you. I'm right here. I want to help. I want to help you grow. So those uh, us opening the door, let, let him come in and do what he does best. And as he comes in and does what best, then we become the best we that we can be. Amen? Amen. So number two, be you. Walk with others. You can't be you on your own. All right? Uh, there's a, the quote that says, we weren't made to be islands in ourselves. We're not made to go through this life alone. God didn't call us to do this by himself. He created us for relationship with him and he placed people around us for relationship. We need each other. Uh, in Proverbs, it says that iron sharpens iron. So sometimes that hurts when we get sharpened. You know, we have a friend that 
starts sawing around on us and starts telling us, you know, we need to tweak that. We need to do this. And you're like, ouch, you're hurting me. See you later. Manana. Out. But God puts people in relationship around us to help us. And it's the devil that wants to come in and bring that deception. It's him that comes in and uh, wants to tell you that nobody else has felt this way before. Nobody's gone through this before. Nobody's had children and dealt with this before. And there's all these women around us that have had children. There's all these women that went through high school and university and they work, but they don't experience anything we're experiencing. What a lie! And we buy into that lie and then we just go into our closet and we do not uh, allow God to use people to help us. So don't buy into the lie anymore, okay? It's a lie. It's a lie. We need each other. It's a lie. Don't do it alone. Don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. The Bible also tells us that there's safety in a multitude of counselors. So if you want to be safe, you need to have some godly people around you because they're going to help you. They're going to help you. The Holy Spirit is going to help you navigate, but they're going to help you navigate as well. God gives them wisdom. God gives us understanding to help each other. So stay close. Um, along with, you know, God, the devil bringing uh, uh, that, that deception to, be, to isolate us, um, when, when we become uh, isolated, uh, this, this God just gave, gave me this, is that we really, we become like a rogue agent. You know, you watch those movies and, and we have these, the CIA and the FBI, or whomever, all these people, those names, the, num- the letters that we don't even know who they are, they're so secret. And then they have one of their people that go rogue. And I thought, what in the world? What, how do you define rogue? And this is, I found this de- de- uh, definition, uh, and it's in the Urban Dictionary, but it's, it's what my mind thinks that rogue means, okay? Um, the defini- definition to go rogue is to cease to follow orders, to act on one's own, usually against uh, expectation or instruction to pursue one's own interest. So uh, when we're not walking together as one, we're not walking with others, then we put ourselves out uh, and, and we're doing our own interests. We're, all, we're not listening to anyone else. We've, we've started taking on our own agenda because the devil has deceived us to think that we, we, can, we can do this. We don't need anybody else. They don't understand, so I can do this. But we do need people. We need other people. So whether um, um, whether you think think somebody is a good person or a bad person, don't discount them because God puts people around you to help you. All right? They can be good and they can be bad. And God can help you with that. All of them contribute to you being the best you if you'll allow them to. They will. And let me, I'll just give you some bad people from the Bible, okay? Uh, David had his Saul. Uh, David was chased for seven years by King David, no, by King Saul, and he wanted to kill him. For seven years he was in pursuit. For seven years he had this bad person dogging his tail. David didn't let that defeat him. 
David kept looking to God through all that. And as he looked to God, God grew him. And he became a king. He became that mighty man that God had predestined and called him to be. Also, another bad person. Jesus had a bad person. Did you know that? He had Judas, such an intimate, close friend. But Jesus still loved him. Judas gave him that betrayal kiss, gave him over into the hands of the Roman soldiers, and Jesus died for Judas. He loved Judas still. So there are people around us, people in the office, that you're like, oh my goodness, God, get these people out. I'm praying, Lord, transfer them out of here. Get them a new placement. But God says, eh, 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 no, 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 no. They're here for your good. You need them. I don't want them. Embrace them, baby. They're helping you. They're helping you. They're growing love on the inside of you. When love starts to grow inside of you, then you are shining forth like Jesus. You're being transferred. You're being transformed into the very image of God. Jesus is love. Amen? Amen. So now there were some uh, good ones too, but I don't know. I don't have them. I just listed the bad ones. How funny. I guess that's all you needed to know. But God does put good ones in. He does. And, you know, and even uh, uh, Paul, he didn't necessarily have a bad one particular bad person, but it does say that he has a, a thorn in the flesh, which we never really knew what that was in particular, but it was a definite, a constant agitation. So there was something there that was always eating at him, messing with him, bugging him. And God used that to grow Paul. And he still loved God. He, he realized that that agitation was there and he still loved God. And he knew that God was, was going to keep it there. That God wasn't going to let that up on him. So God, God, God does things in mysterious ways. So uh, don't discount the people that God's placed around you, okay? So God has good people that he puts on you. And oh, those are so much fun to be around them, right? It's all the good people. But let those bad people help you too, all right? What you consider bad. And the longer that you let them help them help you, you're going to start finding that they're quite lovely. And God grows a love for you, for them on the inside of you. And uh, you're going to see them transformed. All that ugly just starts to melt away, and they, they start seeing Jesus. And their edges become soft. So... That's a good one. So number three, to be you, find your voice. All right? So number one, to be you, you you need to determine to know him. You need to know Jesus. If you want to find yourself, find him. Okay? You need him. Number two, we want to walk with others. We need relationships around us, good, bad, and ugly. We need them all. That's what grows us and helps us out. Then as we're growing, we need to find our voice. Who we are. Find our voice. What God has for us to say. Uh, the Bible tells us about John the Baptist. It says that he was a voice in the wilderness. Crying out. He cried out. Jesus. The Messiah is coming. He led the way. He was a light leading the way to Jesus. Find your voice. Find where you can share Jesus. And you can be loud about it. Share Jesus. Uh, Esther, uh, she found her voice. 
She uh, was brought to the kingdom, the Bible says, for such a time as this. She was just a young maid, but she was pretty. And the king wanted all those pretty girls to come to his place. And in the middle of that, uh, uh, Haman wanted uh, to uh, genocide the Jews. But God knew ahead of time. God knew ahead of time. And he placed Esther there as a voice, as a voice. And she was able to cry out to God, fasting and in prayer. She was, God granted her uh, audience with the king. And the whole thing turned on Haman. Haman and he died. And all his brothers, he died, but the Jews lived on. Praise God. So let God be your voice. Let him flow through you that you can be a saving one to somebody else, that you can bring his goodness to somebody else. Gideon found his voice. He was in the threshing floor. He was afraid. He was hiding. He said, the Bible says that he was the lowest of his tribe. And there he was. God found him and brought 300 men to him to defeat and to win victory for the Israelites. So God has great things for all of us. You can't, we can't really sit around and try to uh, figure it all out. Just lend yourself to him. Lend yourself to him. Let him flow through you and use your voice and then he'll move through you. Number four, be you. Find your stride. Find your stride. Get into a rhythm. Find where God's placed you and just start moving there. Start making a, a road there where God's called you to go. Let's look at Philippians uh, 3, uh, verses 12 through 16 in the Passion Version. Uh, it's talking about running with patience. It says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. Who, who's with me there? But I run with passion into his abundance that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. So Paul is running with passion. Do I have some passionate women here today? All right, give me some vocal. All right. All right. So we're running. There's a race that God's called us to run, and he doesn't want us to run it in a timid way. He wants us to run passionately. Find our stride. Keep moving. Keep moving in purpose. Paul says, I don't depend on my own strength. You don't have to depend on your own strength to accomplish it, he says. However, uh, he says, I don't I, I depend on my strength to fulfill what uh, God wants me to discover. He says, I forget all that's in the past and I fasten my heart and my future on him and I run straight for the divine invitation. I was with my grandparent, my grandchildren this week, and when I open my arms and I say, hey, come here, come here, Madison, come here, Major, they run right into my invitation. They don't even hesitate. They don't go, hmm, I don't think so. No, they, they, these two, these are, these children are strong. And they'll knock me over and come to my invitation. God wants us to run to his invitation. He's inviting you today to be you, to run into his arms and take up your stride and follow him. Amen? All right. Uh, so God, God's not want us to look at our past. He's, he's a God that is a motion forward. He doesn't hold anything over our head from yesterday or in the past. He, he just keeps saying, keep moving. Just keep going. This is what I have for you. Keep going that way. 
There's the path. There's the plan. So that's where we want to head. In Hebrews 12, it says for us to lay aside every weight, every sin that so easily besets us. So when we come to him, he's going to reveal things that are in our heart, things that have been holding us captive, and he wants to release those things, to lay them aside, forsake those things, put down put down our safety net, put down our cuddly uh, blanket, you know, our little silky, put those things down that we're, we're hanging on to, and he says, come to me, and I'm going to help you. And we're going to run the race together, and we're going to fulfill who we are in Christ, who we've been called to be. Amen? All right, so number one. Oh, hey, look at this. It's on the wrong page. Good people. Good people. What does it say about good people? Okay, God will bring them into your life to help you along your journey. Yeah. Okay, Proverbs 27, 6 in the New King James, it says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So sometimes your friends, even though they're good people, they may hurt you a little bit, but it's for your good. They're wanting, they're, they're all for you, right? They're good. So God brings good people into your life. A- Abraham had his good friend. He, he had his brother Aaron. God gave him Aaron to help him. Abraham didn't feel like he could talk. He didn't feel like he could do everything God called him to do in the way that God wanted him to do. So God said, fine, I'm still going to use you. I'm still going to, you know, still going to get to do what I call you to do. But I'm going to bring Aaron alongside to help you. So he'll give you a sidekick. He'll bring another good person that will help pick up the slack where you feel inadequate. Aren't you glad? Amen. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, for David, David uh, was, God called him a mighty man of, of valor, excuse me, um, 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 a mighty man of war. He, he was a fighter. He was a conqueror. And for him to defeat and to do what he needed to do, God brought him mighty men of valor. He brought people around him that could help fight, that could help help him strengthen his arm to do what God called him to do. So God has people. He has good people that are coming alongside of you. And sometimes, I just want to say this, that sometimes those good people, they don't look like what you thought that good person was going to look like. And they're going to want to uh, join arms with you. And you're going to like, ah, I don't like your perfume so much. We don't look like we go together so much. But they're really a good person. And God brought them alongside to help us. So God has bad people to help us. He has good people to help us. And who else? Was there one more? Nope, that's pretty much it. But I know you have good people and you've seen people in your life that God brought that you didn't expect them. You weren't looking for them, but they've come and they've helped you in a a way that you didn't think was possible. So God has those good people for you. So number five, this is the last one I want to share for you, with you, is I want you to to be you, but I want you to be loud, okay? If you're going to be you, don't just be you in a timid way. I want you to be you loud. Somebody told me today that purple was be you. Okay, I need, I need, I need my purple. Okay, I have this, my, my lovely friend, my pastor friend, Dina Smeltzer. Come on. We're talking about being you today. Come here. Come here. All right. 
Be you, she's her in purple, okay? Be you in purple and be loud. Thank you. Do you ever see those outrageous people that are them? Thank you, Dina. God, God didn't call you. Now, now I know that, and, and Brittany's going to be speaking later uh, in the day, and she's going to be talking about the different temperaments of people. You know, you have those people that are just like party crazy, and then you have those people that come in, and they're just like this. And then you have those people that are like, oh, so cool, oh, you know. So you have these different personalities. We're all different. And and you can be uh, phlegmatic or you can be whatever the other one is. I can't think of it. But you can be that laid back person. You can be laid back and be loud, okay? You can be laid back and be loud. God's called you to do something. You know, uh, he, he's called you. You can be loud in the if you're comfortable in a small group, then be loud there. Be be the voice there. Be you there. You know, uh, I was always a wall a wallflower. And it took really it took a while for uh, for me to warm up, and uh, but once I warmed up, whoa, I was a lot of fun. <laughs> and some of those things still linger in me. I'm a lot of fun, but uh, most people think she's not a lot of fun. She, they, 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 whoa, they they see my uh, 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 side. I have that side too. And so, uh, God, God wants us to, um, he, 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 he works in our personality. Okay? So in my, side, he, okay, I'm gonna say it, I'm 58, shoot. Okay, I'm 58, and he's still working on my, side. Okay? I, I need it. Sometimes. But not in every event. And it just likes to come out there. You know? So I, I'm, God's working in me, and I, I love that because he's, he's growing me, and over the years, in increments, I'm getting better. I, I've come to the point where I almost can catch myself. Almost. <laughs> I can, um, I know it after it happens. Thank you. Thank you. After it happens, I'm like, okay, I did that. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I, I just, I'm sorry. Repent, okay? Do that. That's good. That's good. So, so whatever your, your personality type is, God wants you just to be loud in it. Find, find your place. Find what you do and just do it with everything that you have within you. Let's see if I have anything else. In the, ah, okay, this is a great example. I just love this. David, I don't know if you remember, but uh, uh, David, this is Old Testament. Uh, we had the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, they, David and Israel had lost possession of the Ark of the Covenant. They had to leave it at uh, Obed-Edom's house because why? Was it because? I don't remember. But they did. They had to leave it somewhere else. So it was there for a long, long, long time. And uh, they started seeing Obed-Edom's house flourishing and that all this blessing was there. And so David's like, you know, we really need to get that back. (laughs) We need God doing some stuff here in this place, right? 
And so he did. He went and he got it back. And he was so excited about uh, getting it back. I don't recall how many space, uh, uh, paces, but I think it was like six or eight, really something very tiny. But he, every for every little movement they made like this, then he would do a sacrifice. Oh, God, we're so thankful. We have the Ark of the Covenant. We have possession back. The Ark of the Covenant re- represented God's presence. They were bringing God's presence back with them. So they would sacrifice, and then they'd walk, and then they would sacrifice. Well, by the time uh, he had acknowledged God and his presence, and he got back into the city, David was beside himself. And all he could do was just dance. He was just so thrilled. He's dancing, and all he had was his undergarments on. But he didn't care. He was just praising God. I mean, who can who can praise God with everything on we wear? Kick that girdle off and just praise God. <laughs> I don't think. Oh, I guess we don't wear girdles. They're spandex now. What's it called? What's it called now? Spanx. Spanx. Okay, kick that thing off. You're not free in a spanx. You just can't worship in a spanx. You need to breathe. I well, I have my own opinion about that. But anyway. Um, so there he was and his wife, Michael, she was just abhorred. She was just like, I cannot believe that you were out there dancing, flaunting yourself like that. And David's like, he said, I, you know, I'm sorry, but I am going to be more vile still. He said, I am going to be more loud in my praise. I'm going to be more outrageous in my praise. God has created me to praise him. Amen. So God wants us to be loud when he calls you to be you. Be it big. Be it bold. Be it out there. Amen. All right. So after all of that, we come into the New Testament. And this is what... Paul says in the book of Acts about David, you know, his wife thought he was, you know, all hoity-toity out there and flash, you know, doing his thing. She didn't appreciate it. But God was like, man, I'm I'm really well pleased with you. You're a man after my own heart. You have passion for the things of God, for the kingdom of God. And you did it in the way that I called you to do it. Do you in the way God calls you to do it? Because only you can do it. You can't do you being somebody else because you're just going to die a copy and you're not going to go and and live a life fulfilled like you need to. And this is what Paul said in Acts 13.36. It says that David fulfilled his purpose for his generation. If you are not you, then how are you going to fulfill your purpose? If you're not who God called you to be, to fulfill that purpose, you've got to be all in. You've got to be everything that God's called you to be. And David did that very thing. People may not have understood him. I'm sorry. Sometimes we don't understand others. Sometimes we don't even understand ourselves. Um, but God understands us. And if we, if, if we do everything to his glory, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out, all right? It's going to be good. So uh, this is something that David, David said in Psalms. And actually, I'm going to read two passages of Scripture. 
He said in Psalm 32, this is the Passion Bible again. He wrote this. This is what David said. He, he said, I hear the Lord saying, and he's saying, this is what God's saying to us today. I will stay close to you. So don't, don't be afraid of what God's got for you. He's going to stay close to you, okay? I will stay close to you, instructing, guiding you along the pathway for your life. He says that I will advise you along the way, and I'll lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. He's not asking you to see, see anything. He said, just follow my lead. Follow my lead. I had my granddaughter this week, and she would. We read uh, Dr. Seuss' book that I can read with my eyes shut. Like that was not a good book to read, because then she she decided that she could ride the scooter with her eyes shut. She could walk, run through the room with a blanket over her head. I'm like, no, 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 you cannot see with your eyes shut. Keep them open. God will be your eyes, though. Okay. God will be your eyes. Allow him to be your eyes. And he says this, so don't make it difficult, okay? Why do we do that? Why do we make it difficult? We make it difficult for God to lead us. He says, don't make it difficult on me. I have your good in mind. I have only wonderful things for you. Don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. God's got waters And he's bringing us to new places. He has new things for us. So don't be stubborn. Don't, don't resist. Let's, let's just move in because it's, it's a safety. It's a safety place that he's bringing us to. He said, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. I don't, I don't like it when I have, I, like this week, sometimes I had to force my grandchildren. (laughs) They didn't want to comply. And I'm like, why? Why? I, I, everything I want to do is, is for your good. I only have good for you. I, I don't want you to climb it up on the top of that tree because you're going to fall. So come with me. No, no. And we pull. And God said, I, I just want to do good for you. I just want to help you. I've got, I got a wonderful place for you to walk. So I, David's saying to us, don't be stubborn. Don't pull away. Don't pull away. Don't pull away what God has for you today. Don't pull away from the you that God's created you to be. He knew you before you were born, which is amazing, isn't it? Before you were born, before you even thought of by your mom and dad, before they even said, hmm, when do we have a baby? And then they acted on it. Before any of those things happened, God knew you and he had a plan for you. And if he had a plan for you way back then, then it's a good plan now still, right? So don't pull away. Don't resist him. Psalm 37, 5 said, give God the, the right to direct your life, and as you trust him along the way, you'll find that he pulled it off perfectly. Isn't that good news? If we just yield to him, we'll find that he pulled it off perfectly. When we yielded our life to him, God's got it. He's got you. Praise God. Amen. Well, I see beautiful women today. I see strong women today. I see women who are bold that they're loud. I see women that have found and are finding their voice. I see women today that are growing in increments with God, that we're progressively coming to know Him better. And how do you do that? By the renewing of your mind, is what the Word says. There's a doctor. She's a cognitive neuroscientist, neuroscientist, uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. And uh, she's a Christian. 
And she says through her studies that we can actually uh, make new roads, new uh, lines, I don't know what, I don't know, paths, new pathways in our brain. And you're like, how can you do that? Well, the Bible tells us how. God knows that that's possible. He created us. He said it's by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind to the word. And how do we renew our mind to the word? It's through reading his word, through meditating his word, through speaking his word, through chewing on his word, through thinking about his word. And all of a sudden, a new inroad, a new path has been made and an action comes. You're like, oh, wow. Wow, I was able to love that bad person because you've been working on love. You've been thinking about love. And so these things, as we start uh, putting God in our heart, then he starts flowing out of us. There's these rivers of living water that flow. And uh, we begin thinking his thoughts. We begin thinking his way and become the girl, the woman, the you that God called you to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Well, amen. We're done. I'm done. (laughs) Okay. Well, so God's into different. It was different, right? You can say, wow, that was different this morning. But it was good, right? Do you think it was good? Okay, sure. All right. All right. In this solemn moment, why don't we just pray before we move on to our next fun time? Father, we just come to you today. Lord, we, uh, we, just, we lay our own agenda down. The only thing that we desire, uh, Father, is to know you. Is to know you more. To uh, become progressively uh, more uh, closer to you. To know you more intimately, Father. I believe today, Lord, that each heart here desires to be the very person that you called them to be. I realize that we don't, we don't see that the end of that. Many perhaps don't even, uh, aren't able to comprehend, comprehend how that happens. But Father, I just thank you that as you began today this good work in us, speaking to us about increments, about taking steps, about working that very one thing that you said to us, that as we work that very one thing in faith that you called us to that, then you will increase and you will direct and you will grow and you'll position and you'll take us to the place that you desire for us to be ultimately, Father. And ultimately, that is to be, to function in your likeness, that when people see us, they see you, Lord, that we walk in the full grace of who you are today. I thank you, Father, for your hand upon each woman today. I thank you that as we have prayed uh, before these meetings began, that you are enlarging our hearts today to receive. You're enlarging our capacity today to receive of you and to receive of your word. You're enlarging our capacity to love and to grow. I'm grateful for that today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. All right. Well, we're going to take a 15-minute break. Right now, this is our granola bar break. We have a granola bar back there of granola bars.